5. You've read the verse already this morning and, and probably understand, or, or you've heard this verse. And we, have, we even have a saying in our uh, society, going the extra mile, right? And going the extra mile is always talked about in the sense of doing the extra bit of effort, right? It's not just doing the minimum, it's doing the extra effort, going the extra mile. And that's, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. <clears throat> now, Hawkins, in his book, now we're, we're doing this based again on, on uh, O.S. Hawkins' book, uh, The 52 Verses Every Christian Should Know. He points out that the first mile is important as well as the second, and, and we're going to see that as we study on this morning. I think the first mile is critical for the second mile. And we're going to study this morning as we have been studying. First, we're going to look at the context. Then we're going to ask ourselves the so what's. So what does this say about God? So what does this say about me? And so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and myself? Then we're going to look at it phrase by phrase. And then we will draw out the comfort and the challenge that I believe is in every passage of Scripture. So Again, I'm, uh, this year I've been just trying to build these study habits into you for your use uh, in, in, at home. So uh, Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read from verse 38 to 42 this morning. It will be up here behind me. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn to the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So let's look again at the context here first. The larger context here is, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Now you're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount. We've talked about it before. It starts in Matthew chapter 5. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is really about being before doing. You know, so many look at the, at the Sermon on the Mount and see just a list of stuff, a list of things we're supposed to do. The problem is you can't do them if you're not right with God. So it's about being before doing. It, it, it's this list of things that, that characterize the life of someone who is right with God. Being right is more important than doing right, being right causes you to do, to do right. And so that's the, the larger context is the Sermon on the Mount. And we read a little bit of the context here, the immediate context, and I, and I just want to point out you know, how countercultural the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is. Verses 38 and 39 talk about stopping the cycle of, of vengeance and, and insult. The, uh, the slap to the right cheek, it's actually, what, this is a Jewish idiom for, a, for an insult. This is insulting. So if somebody insults you, what do you do back? Insult them back, right? That's what our flesh tells us to do. That's what we tend to do. And Jesus says that's not what, what life in the kingdom is. That's not what life in the spirit is. Life in the spirit is let them insult you. So you have this, this countercultural idea of stopping the insults. Because what happens in our culture? What happens in our society? Somebody throws an insult, then, they, then they're insulted back, and it escalates, and pretty soon you're at violence. It gets there really quickly. So Jesus says, stop the cycle. 
If somebody insults you, slapping your right cheek, then offer them the left. Stop the cycle. And then the cultural context that, that surrounds verse 41 is important also. Under Roman law, they, a soldier could compel you to walk a mile. Now, the, the, you've heard of the Roman road system, and, and maybe you've heard the, the term, every road leads to Rome. It literally did. All of this road system that the Romans made, had everything led to Rome. And a soldier, by law, by Roman law, he could make you carry his burden for a mile. So if a soldier came to you and said, take my stuff, you had to. Whether you put it on your ox or your donkey or whether you put it on your own back, you had to carry it for one mile. Now, you knew what one mile was because there were stones at each mile. We get the idea of a milestone from this. You've heard of milestones in life. It's from the Roman road because every, road, every mile on the Roman road had a stone marking the mile. So you knew, you, you knew when you began and you knew when you ended. So we, <clears throat> the cultural context here is that you must do this first mile. It's compelled. It's forced, as the verse says. You have to do this mile because it's what the law says to do. And we'll see how, that, how important that is as we keep going. So what does this say about God? Well, it says being is always before doing with God. He wants you to be right in order to do right. The Sermon on the Mount is not a list of stuff to do so that you become right with God. It is the characteristics of a life of somebody who is right with God. Being before doing. Always with God. It's being before doing. The second thing it tells us is that Jesus is fully God. Now, where do I get that from this verse? God makes the, the rules. God makes the laws. God said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He said it in two places. He said it in Exodus and he said it again in, in Leviticus. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus reinterprets that law. Jesus says, you've heard it said this, but I tell you to do this. Only God can change or, or retranslate God's law. Only God can do that. So it shows us the deity of Christ. It shows us that Jesus is fully God. It also shows us that Jesus is countercultural. He was then. He is now. Following Christ makes us stand out. Following Christ is different than our culture, different than our society. And so it, following him makes us stand out. Jesus is countercultural. He always has been. Again, with the entire Sermon on the Mount, what you see is the, the Spirit-led life versus the flesh-led life. Because the flesh-led life says if somebody insults you, you insult them back and worse. The Spirit-led life says turn the other cheek. The Spirit-led life says break the cycle. The Spirit-led side self says, I can do these things because I am right with God. So what does it say about us? All of the Sermon on the Mount tells us we should be different than our culture and our society. We should be different. We should stand out. 
If Jesus is countercultural, then then every every follower of his should be countercultural, right? It just makes sense. We should be different than the rest of the world. We should be the ones who are who are bringing peace to conflict. We should be the ones that that stand out in culture in our society because we're followers of Christ. If Jesus is countercultural, we need to be countercultural. Now it also says that this life in the spirit is possible for us. You know, Jesus didn't didn't teach the sermon on the mount as a list of stuff and you look at it in order for you to look at it and say and, and feel with guilt or shame I can't do these things. That's not why he taught it. He taught it to show us what's possible. He taught us to show us what the characteristics are of a life lived in the spirit of Christ. So we can have this life. We can live what's described here. We can. It's possible for us. So what do we need to do? We need to go both miles. Let me explain that. The first mile is the one that was compelled by Roman law. It was, it's, it's what everyone had to do. It's the mile of obedience. Just simply obeying the law was the first mile. Now for us, we need to go that first mile. Because our first mile is building our life on Christ. Our, our first mile is knowing what Jesus had to say. We can't possibly, as been said many times by, by Angie and by Rick this morning, we can't possibly know God if we don't know what he said. And so the first mile for us is the mile of obedience. The first mile for us is surrendering our life and building a new life on Christ. So we have to go both miles. We have to build, build on the first mile with the second. Now, it is my opinion, this is the difference between ministries that work and don't, and the difference between pastors and, and religious leaders that, that fall and those that don't. It's this mile. Because a ministry can start, we can, we can try and jump the first mile to get to the serving part. But if it's not based upon the teachings of Christ, it will fail. It must fail. You can't do the second mile without doing the first. As, I, as you, uh, we watch the news and see religious leaders constantly falling and, and renouncing their faith, they missed the first mile. They missed the mile of building their life on the love of Christ. And so they jump right to serving, right to the, to the second mile of giving of yourself and serving without ever having the foundation of the first mile of obedience. And so they, they fail. Think about how Jesus did. Jesus lived a perfect life before he died the perfect death. Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the feasts and the festivals. He fulfilled the Day of Atonement. He fulfilled even the Tent of Meeting and the Temple and its layout. He fulfilled all of that in obedience before He gave of Himself, before He served us. If He had not done that, if He had not built His life on the foundation of fulfilling the law and fulfilling the prophets and fulfilling the, the feasts and festivals and Day of Atonement, if He had not built that foundation, 
how would we know he was the Messiah? Wouldn't he be just another one of the thousands that the, the Romans crucified? We know he is the Messiah. We know he is the Christ because he walked the first mile of obedience before he walked the second mile of serving and giving of himself. We need to walk both miles. And we can do the second mile when our life is based upon the teachings of Christ. Then, then our ministry is going to work. Then everything will happen the way it's supposed to happen. But we have to have the first mile of obedience. We have to have the first mile of building our life on Christ. So let's look at this phrase by phrase. If anyone forces you to go one mile, as I said earlier, this is the mile we have to do. This is the mile that's required. This is the mile of obedience. This is building for us, it's building our life on Christ. For these disciples, for the first people that read this, it was the mile that the law compelled. They had to do this mile. We have to do this mile by building our life on Christ. We sang a, a song earlier today that says, I will build my life upon your love because it is a firm foundation. That's the first mile for us. We've got to build our lives on the firm foundation of the love of Christ. The first mile. The mile that's required. The mile that's compelled. And then it says, go with him too. This is the mile that reaches out. This is the mile, you might call it evangelism in, in, uh, in church speak, I guess. We would call this the mile of evangelism. But this is the mile where we serve. This is the mile where we give of ourselves. This is the mile where we show Christ to somebody else. Now, we can't show Christ to somebody else if we don't know who he is. We must do the first mile. But when we do the first mile, then we can do the second mile. And the second mile is the mile that we reach out. Now, I want you to notice, it's go with him two miles. That this, uh, it, it says that we're going with him. So most of society, most of our culture, wants to choose the direction, wants to choose the speed, wants to choose how they walk. We go with them. It, it, we don't tell them, we don't stand and tell them how they should walk. We walk with them. And when we walk with them and, and carry their burden with them, then we're showing Christ. Then we're showing, then we're the hands and feet of Christ. Then we're showing him who Jesus is. So as important as the first mile is, the second mile shows Christ to the world. It shows who Jesus is. It shows what Jesus has done in your life. The second mile is critical but it must be based on the first mile. It must be based on the mile of obedience. Logically, you can't walk the second mile first. You have to walk the first mile and then the second mile. So we need to walk both of these miles. We need to walk the mile of obedience, the mile of, of building our lives on Christ, and then we need to walk the second mile so that others see Christ in us. That's the two miles. 
You want to go the extra mile? Make sure you do the first mile first. So what's the comfort and the challenge of this passage? The comfort of this passage is that God is always about being before doing. He is not asking you, he's not giving you a list of stuff you got to do in order to be right with him. You're right with him when you come to Christ. You're as right with him as you will ever be. He cannot love you more. He cannot love you less. You are as right with him as you could ever be when you come to Christ. So with God, it's always about being before doing. So much of our culture and our society is built on the idea of working our way to God. That's not how God works. God isn't doing in order to be right. He is be right in order to do right. Always. And the challenge of this verse? The challenge of this verse is to do both miles. Both miles. First, come to Christ. Build your life upon Christ. Then, walk with somebody else. Walk with someone else and bear their burdens. Walk with someone else and show them Christ. Are you walking both miles? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads this morning. Have you walked the first mile? The first mile is coming to Christ. The first mile is knowing that you are right with God and Jesus. Have you walked that mile? Because you can. That journey begins with a simple prayer. You can pray along with me in your own words and say, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've said things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price, to pay the price for my sin, to make me right with you. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to empower me for this life. Empower me to walk both miles. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Let one of our deacons know. Let somebody know that you, you took a step of faith today, that you took the first step on the first mile. Maybe this morning, as you look over, you have come to Christ. You know Christ. But as you look over your last week or two weeks or month, you haven't been walking at all. You've been sitting. Will you take this moment right here to recommit to walking with Christ both miles? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you for the teachings of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for what Jesus has done is doing, will do in our lives. We thank you and we ask that you help us to keep the commitments we need today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship.
want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.